the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 89 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the astronomical rise of the educational bureaucracy that is absolutely suffocating the life out of what was once one of America's greatest institutions, the public education system. That's right, George. You know, the administrative state that runs our public education system is over a century old, well-established, deeply entrenched, and has, a, and has single-handedly been responsible for the destruction of our public education system. That's a strong statement to make, I know, but uh, we've got some very interesting evidence that you've recently discovered. We definitely do. And the, the whole idea about this podcast, about the rise of the administrative state in education, was uh, instigated by uh, the president of Hillsdale College. Larry Arn. Larry Arn, a wonderful man. And he uh, recently wrote an article in their, um, in their newsletter called Imprimis. Um, and he, he put this graph that just shocked me. Um, and this graph looks at the percent growth of population in public schools between the year 2000 and 2019. So 20 years, right? Looking at the growth, the percentage growth of students versus the percentage growth of teachers versus the percentage growth of district administrators. And these are, this is the growth of sheer numbers of people. Uh, how, many, how many students, the percentage growth of students, teachers versus people running the show, right? Correct. The deep state, yes. the, the administrators, the, quote, bureaucrats. And George, what did the what did the graph show? Parents, you're going to have to sit down, okay? Because th- this floored me. From 2000 to 2019, the percentage of student growth was 7.6 percent, and this is nationally. And this comes from the U.S. Department of Education. So this isn't like some made up statistic. Yeah. This is reading the U.S. Department of Education statistics. 7.6 percent students. teachers, district administrators, 87.6%. Almost 90%. Almost 90% growth. Why is it that for a 7.6% 
of student growth, you just need 8.7% teacher growth, which that, that seems like it's well balanced, right? But then why do you need an almost 90% administrator growth? Yeah, we're not talking about teachers here. No. Growth. We're talking about the people who are, I guess, in charge of teachers, who are running the show behind the scenes. To be honest with you, George, I'm not even sure what all these people do. I know that they we have district offices. Do these include, I guess it would include principals and on up. Yes. Yes. So everybody that's in the administration at the school level and then at the school district and the school district offices, basically everybody there is an administrator. They're not, you know, in the classroom teaching right. kids. Right. Um, so that is what is happening. Now, one of the other important statistics to also understand is that when we talk about administrators, we also have to look at just the administrative state in America as a whole, so beyond education as well. So the administrative state has somewhere over 20 million employees at the federal, state, and local level. And it has been determined that directly or indirectly, these 20 million administrative state employees rule over half the economy, which means basically that they're ruling all of it. You know, they're, They have the biggest effect on the U.S. economy. I don't think this is hyperbole. Um, this has been true. People have been warning about this for, for many, many decades. What we have to realize, George, is that these are mostly unelected officials. Um, now, obviously, uh, school board members, they are elected, but they in turn hire people, right, to help them with this who become part of this administrative state. But this number 20 million, this includes federal agencies, mm-hmm. but also state government agencies. Yes. So when you combine that, this is a huge percentage of the U.S. population, and most of them are unelected. Uh, they have been given the power by either a federal Congress or state constitutions to pass regulations that govern all of our lives, including what happens in the school system. So one of the things that popped into my mind, Mark, when I read these statistics and I saw this graph was uh, I was reminded of so many teachers that come up to, to you and I after our conferences, after our speaking engagements, and they share their stories with us. And so I just kind of put a summary, you know, bullet point list here of the kind of things that we've heard from teachers uh, who are their boots on the ground and who have experienced this rise in the administrative state over the last 20 years. And these are teachers who have been teaching 30, close to 40 years, and yeah. they've, they've loved, you know, they love teaching. But very first thing that we learned from teachers was that we have to understand that the founding roots of the NEA, the National Education Administration uh, Association, these teachers' unions all across the country, they are actually rooted in socialist and Marxist ideology. And because of that, what we are actually seeing is that they suppress any kind of free market, free society, ordered liberty um, you know, that has been uh, discussed and, and taught you know, um, 
and, and un, you know, understood as the American experiment, the very unique American experiment. They just disparge that. And so they are, you know, the, the, the trainers that train the trainer, the teachers that train the teachers, right? These are the leaders of the teachers' unions. And from the very beginning, their whole idea was to completely, you know, disparage the American experiment. And this brings up a question, George. I'm assuming, maybe wrongfully so, that this number, uh, 87.6% of the rise in district administrators, does not include union members. So National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers, it would not include those. The point being that when you include those numbers, and you and I know the unions have incredible influence over what happens in the school system. In fact, that's a lot of where their budget goes to make sure the people who are elected, actually elected to these district administration posts, are union friends. That's another 5 million members on top of the 20 million we oh, referenced. Oh, my word. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. Talk so, about the rise of an administrative state. Correct. This is on steroids. And so then you have the, the teaching profession is no longer focused on teaching but on checking the boxes. Uh, this is something we've been hearing over and over from teachers it's all about filling forms. It's all about legal considerations. Like, for example, you know, a, a teacher today, if a child is crying, will think twice about putting their arms around the child and comforting the child. Because that requires a form to be filled out, right? You've got to justify it somehow. Well, yeah. And, and if for some odd reason, you know, a, you know the, the child goes home and, and tells the parents and then there's a lawsuit and then there's... Yeah all these legal proceedings that happen. Um, so there are just forms upon forms. The teaching profession is no longer coming in and, you know, love the students, you know, teach them the, the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, and forget about all of the boxes that have to be, you know, checked. In fact, Mark, I was reading from um, an, an article from The Atlantic 10 years ago. In, in 2012, and the author of this article was basically um, looking at the amalgamation of past studies that determine uh, what is a great school, what makes a great school a great school. Um, and they, they looked at the principals, they looked at the teachers, they looked at the policies, they looked at everything. And what it really boiled down to was two things. Number one, principals having a leadership style that empowered teachers to teach and not to deal with all of the all of the you know the forms the bureaucracy right yeah. and then the second thing was teachers the great teachers were those teachers who who loved their jobs and had this like natural wit to them on making kids interested in learning hmm. Th- these were the two greatest factors. In other, in other words, leadership that empowered teachers to do what they were created to do. Correct. And all those great teachers that they were able to find in the classrooms that in turn knew how to turn the right buttons and dials of their students to yeah. be intrigued about learning. Yeah. All those teachers hated forms, hated you know all of that. So as soon as the rise of administrative state has been happening and now they're burdened with all of this bureaucracy, guess what? That same teacher who loved going into the classroom, 
who knew how to push the right buttons and levers to intrigue students, to get students intrigued in learning. Now they're going into that same classroom completely, you know, you know, they're just... They're hemmed in. They're hemmed in. Yeah. I mean, it stands to reason because when you have uh, that many ad- administrators being hired, these people have to justify their positions, exactly. right? And how do they justify their positions? By creating work, yes. paperwork, Paper. forms to fill out, processes to go through, check boxes to, to mark and be cate- categorized and filed and, and data capped and data centers capped. All of this is a direct function of the rise in the administrative state. So the the third thing we keep on hearing from teachers is that social justice is the mission. Hmm. It's no longer to teach children. We're not making this up. We are not making this up. This is what we hear. This is what we're hearing, boots on the ground. Uh, And in fact, Mark, you and I have talked, I think, peripherally on this topic, some, you know, in some of our past uh, episodes uh, when we looked at the California Teachers Association, their annual business agenda items, yeah. when we looked at the NEA and their annual conference with their business agenda items and what they vote on as priorities. It's never about reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's never. We have yet to see this. It's always about advancing the social agenda in the school system. It's all about that. It's all about you know dismantling the patriarchy. You know, fighting against systemic racism. Um, they even have like crazy things about you know, um, you know going against Donald Trump and supporting pro-abortion candidates. And it's all political. It has yeah. nothing to do with education. That's right. So teachers are getting tired of that. So this is an interesting point, George. It's not only the rise of the administrative state. It's the political um, persuasion of the people in that administrative state. And most, if not, uh, you know, it's impossible to put an accurate percentage of this. But I think it's pretty transparent that most of them have a progressive mindset, Yes. So all of these people and all of this effort are going to advance the social justice as their mission. Exactly. And that's what teachers are telling us. The the, the fourth thing that we've heard more recently <clears throat> is all the lockdown policies. The teachers unions pushed for school lockdowns. They pushed for masking. They pushed for strict quarantine protocols in the name of then higher pay. Mm. Um, or saying, well, you cannot allow any more charter schools to open up in this district. Uh, they put some very crazy demands. In fact, the, the United Teachers of Los Angeles, that particular uh, chapter of the teachers' union, uh, basically said our teachers will not come back teaching in person yeah. until we get all of these lockdown policies and this masking requirements and vaccination and we want 5% increase in pay and we don't want any more you know charter schools to open up so basically the teachers union were holding the the, the students hostage and the parents hostage they knew that the lockdowns weren't working they knew that lockdowns actually harmed the s- students ability to learn mm. because trying to learn virtually in an environment that the teachers have never been trained to teach other kids because we we do have you know you know school choice options out there that do teaching over a virtual environment right but they've learned how to do that they've mastered that okay 
Uh, and there's a, w- a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. The bad way to do it was clearly shown to us by the teachers' union. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the masking of children, right? Talking about... It may come back, George. Pre- yeah, preschool through <clears throat> fifth, sixth, you know, third, fourth grade as, as children are learning sounds and how to read and how to properly, you know, uh, learn grammar. They can't even see their teacher's mouth moving how would they know how to how to read and now two and a half years later we are seeing all of the statistics come out that are absolutely atrocious showing the illiteracy rate continuing you know to skyrocket uh, showing that kids just can't do basic math you know in the third fourth fifth sixth grade i mean it's that the literacy rate today is lower than in 1830 that we have pointed out. Say what? Before the imposition of the whole public school system. It's incredible. But we also have vaccination mandates that have come out of this administrative state. And out of this, now what we're starting to see is teachers are, are starting to, to see teacher shortages because mm. teachers are saying, I'm not going to deal with all this garbage. And on top of that, you want me to get vaccinated? No, my you know my health and my medical freedom is more important to me. So now they've created their own dilemma. So the teachers' union has now created this this dilemma where you have a bunch of teachers who were close to or even at retirement age who were willing to teach for a few more years, right? Be there to train the next you know round of teachers coming into the system. They're like we we've had it. We, we've had enough of this. And these, this probably tends to be the better teachers. The better more teachers. More experienced, a little more conservative, right? Yep. Who are used to being empowered to do their job. These are the people that are leaving. And then on top of that, we have disciplinary policies that have been changing where you, the, the, the most unruly of kids that are being not just disrespectful, but sometimes even attacking teachers physically. Yeah. You know, they are not being expelled from schools. Um, you know, then this all creates this, you know, again, um, this vicious cycle where you're eliminating those good teachers. You're discouraging those good teachers. Um, you know, a while back, Mark, we had even, you know, phonics that had been eliminated from, from public schools. Uh, the proper way of teaching kids to become literate. Um, and then what, what does it do? Then the teachers union comes back years later once the, t- the statistics show the decline, you know, in people's literacy. And they're like, oh, well, now we need special ed and now we need Head Start and now we need Title I schools. Guess what? Administrative state, yeah, more we positions. Need more people to run those jobs. Exactly. Um, and, and lastly, the one thing <laughs> that teachers keep on pointing out is that there is this huge conflict of interest with the teachers union and school board members yeah, because teachers unions are putting up millions of dollars to put in at the school board level, their own candidates. And these are the candidates that end up negotiating through the collective bargaining agreements, their contracts. How is that not a conflict of interest? Uh, well, if you're a teachers union member, it's a virtuous cycle, right? You're, you're ensuring your own uh, livelihood. And so, Mark, all of these points really come back to a question that I I never connected the dot with, but Larry Arn really was pointed about this. 
Why such a drastic growth in the administrative state, in the educational bureaucracy? It comes down to one question. The question is, whose children are they? I think that's right. Because embedded in this question is a different set of questions. Who gets to decide what children learn? And then you go down another layer. Who decides what to tell children about sex? Or about our history. Which person or persons, which party or parties have the best interest of the child? Are these decisions the province of professional educators who claim to be experts? Or are they the province of parents who rely on common sense and love to guide them? You see, raising a child has always been difficult and expensive. But with rare exceptions, it has always been true that the parents who conceive the child raise them the best. And throughout American history, it has been thought that the family is the cradle of good citizenship and therefore of free and just politics. Public education is as old as our nation, but only lately has it adopted the purpose of supplanting the family and controlling parents. And here's a key quote that Larion closes off his his, uh, article with, and he says, one can look in history or in literature to see the danger of where the idea of supplanting the family might lead. Study the education practices that existed in the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany and that exist today in communist China. Or read the terrifying account in Orwell's 1984. They tell us that children, by distorting their natural desire to grow up and end their dependence, can be recruited to the purpose of despotic regimes, even to the extent of denouncing their parents to the state. Which is happening today. So we do not yet have this in America, but we do have children being turned against their country by being indoctrinated to look on its past, of which all parents, of course, are in some way part of, as a shameful time of irredeemable injustice. We also increasingly have children being encouraged to speak of their sexual proclivities at an age when they can hardly think of them. So it comes back to who owns the children. The choice is really only between two possibilities. It's either the parents who have, the trub- who have taken the trouble to have them and to raise them and who in almost all cases will give their lives to support the child for as long as it takes and even longer, or is it the educational bureaucracy, which is more likely than a parent to look upon the child as an asset in a social engineering project to rearrange government and society? And Mark, sadly, the latter is happening today. It absolutely is, George, and uh, unfortunately, it's accelerating. So parents, you are on notice that you have to control this, and it starts by being a voice, being an advocate for your child in the public school system. It also starts by making sure you understand the issues on every election day and making your vote count. We've talked about this on previous episodes. You are the answer, ultimately, to the problems that our children are facing in the K-12 through public education system, which will eventually impact all of us. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we want to encourage you to visit our website, protectourkidsnow.org. You can go there and download and share our brochures. Uh, You can watch, and we encourage you to share um, our many videos 
Um, you can download our How to Start a Private School guide and share that with your pastors and elders. Um, and George and I speak all over the country on these issues. And if you would like us to speak at an event um, that you're having, you can re- uh, request a speaker by pushing the button on the front page of our website. Uh, POK's mission um, is to inform parents about dangerous public school indoctrination and alternatives to public schools. And we rely on donors to do this. However, our donor revenue is always unpredictable. And that's why we want to invite you to join our Guardian Angels program by making a recurring monthly donation. This will enable us to help more parents get their kids out of the public schools. To learn more, visit protectourkidsnow.org and slash guardian angel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. George, thank you for this incredible research that you did, and we look forward to talking with you next week. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.